today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. will bear a son, says the angel, as he's speaking to Joseph. You shall call his name Jesus. It's he who will save his people from their sin. Now all of this took place that was spoken by the Lord through the prophet that it might be fulfilled, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. The prophecies of the Old Testament were woven together with their fulfillment like a beautiful tapestry. As Jesus walked on the earth, it was hard for many to see how he fit in to what they expected of a Messiah. But God was the one crafting and shaping everything that was happening. As Pastor David continues to examine the prophecies concerning the Messiah in today's message, you'll be reminded that God can see the bigger picture, and the way he works is mysterious but perfect. Now here's Pastor David in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 31, as he continues his message, What Are the Odds? Back in Jeremiah chapter 31, we read the words, Thus says the Lord, a voice is heard in Ramah near Bethlehem, lamentation and bitter weeping, Rachel, who is buried in Bethlehem, weeping for her children. This also refers to the weeping of all of her descendants who were physically in Rachel who would be born later, refusing to be comforted for her children because they are no more. And we know of the fulfillment when we look again in Matthew chapter 2 as Herod goes in and he, 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 because he was deceived by the wise men, Matthew chapter 2 tells us he was exceedingly angry and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts from two years old and under according to the time which he had determined from the wise men then was fulfilled, which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping, and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted, because they are no more. Well, guys, even with these eight very simple, straightforward prophecies, we can really see how God had planned all of this in Jesus' life from the very beginning. None of these things happened by accident. Now, I want to back up a little bit, and I want you to get into your word with me a little bit as we look at just a couple more, or actually some of these prophecies that we've already looked at. This whole idea of being born as a virgin. You got your Bibles there. Turn to Isaiah chapter 7. Then you can also put a hand or a piece of paper in Matthew 
chapter 1. In Isaiah chapter 7, down in verse 14, the scripture says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she shall call his name Emmanuel. That's interesting. The Old Testament word for virgin is Alma. And it's used about five or six times in the Old Testament. And in all of the cases, it's actually intended to refer to a virgin. And this is confirmed, again, in the account of the New Testament. Flip over to that uh, Matthew chapter 1 and look down in beginning in verse 21. In Matthew 1, beginning in verse 21, she will bear a son, says the angel, as he's speaking to Joseph. You shall call his name Jesus. It's he who will save his people from their sins. Now all of this took place that was spoken by the Lord through the prophet that it might be fulfilled saying, behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. So the Old Testament declaration of a a particular incident that had a near fulfillment, but it also spoke prophetically of a further fulfillment, and that's what, again, as Matthew writes in the New Testament, speaks of fulfilling that very prophecy. The Greek term for virgin is pathanos, and again, in the Greek, it's unmistakably, it's not just a young maiden. No, this is a young maiden, again, who's not given herself to, to a man. The Old Testament says that the Messiah was to be born of or to a virgin, a miracle, absolutely, obviously a miracle. And then the New Testament account once again verifies it very solidly, both in Joseph's declaration to the angel as well as Mary's declaration to the angel that again, she was still a virgin. But for a moment, let's let's look at another thought. I want to draw your attention to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12 beginning in verse 1. In Genesis 12, verse 1, the Lord said to Abram, go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and and make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now you got to figure here, this is a promise of God coming to Abram, a man who is barren, who is married to a woman, who is barren. And they were both well advanced in years. And yet God comes, and he speaks to him and says, you're going to be the father of a great nation. And at this point in time, he's father of absolutely no one. He and and Sarah, they've never been able to produce a child. But the promise is, is that out of his loins, out of his body, again, would come a great nation that through him, by means of his offspring, would come blessing. Blessings to all the families of the earth. Not only would he have offspring, but he would have offspring that would bless the entire world. Now, actually, verse 7 there in chapter 12 ought to be added right with verse 1 to 3 because Genesis 12, 7, there's a phrase that's very, very important. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, 
to your descendants I will give this land. And in that phrase, and to your descendants, uh, that's the way that the New King James Version and the New American Standard Version and a few others translate that word, to your descendants. But the actual Hebrew word translated as descendants is the word zerah. And zerah is the singular word seed, not multiple seeds. To your seeds it will happen. And do you see the problem with the translation? To your descendants. No. What God is saying is to your descendant, to your seed. It should read, to your seed, I will give this land. In the translation, I think, again, they did a real disservice to the prophetic message that's found in this passage. God promises Abram that he's going to have a nation, literally, from him. But it's going to begin with one child. And we know that the child of promise wasn't Ishmael. You see, the problem is, is Abram and Sarah tried to get ahead of God. And when they did that, they brought problems that we're still dealing with today. Amen? There's still issues there. He was, Ishmael was not the promise. Ishmael was the work of man. Whereas, again, Isaac became, again, the work of God, the miracle hand of God. The promise was made to Abraham and to Sarah. It was the miraculous birth through Sarah that Isaac was legitimately born as, again, the fulfillment of the prophecy to Abram. And we know that, again, through the word, that it was through Isaac then that a great nation would come. From his own son Jacob, who was renamed Israel, who was the father of 12 sons, who became the leaders of the 12 tribes of Israel, Together, these 12 tribes became that great nation. And again, as they, as they grew under Egyptian bondage, the nation itself was actually birthed once they were broken free from the bondage of Pharaoh and went to possess the land that God had given them. This is the nation that received the oracles of God. This is the nation that received the law of God. This is the nation that received the truth of God and the scriptures and the covenants. All these things that Paul speaks about in the book of Romans. And by means of that great nation, Israel, all the nations of the earth are blessed by and through the hearing and the believing of the word of God about Jesus of Nazareth as Messiah. And then we come into the New Testament, a real quick verse. Look at Galatians chapter 3, 16. By the way, there are some rich verses throughout your New Testament in chapter 3, verse 16. Uh, very, several different books. Chapter 3, verse 16. Awesome. Just take that time to study that sometime. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 16, a very, very important text of Scripture. Uh, here is the interpretation, really, of Genesis 12 that we just looked at. In Galatians 3, 16, it says, Now the promises were spoken to Abraham, and to whom? And to his seed. And Paul comes in very clearly. He says, he does not say, and to seeds, as referring to many, but rather to one and to your seed. And Paul brings it out. He interprets it for us. That is Christ. So Genesis 12 is saying that through the, the, the loins, through the body of Abraham, would come this great nation 
And from that nation would come the Messiah, who is the great blessing to the whole world for those that will receive him. We also come, he comes as a descendant of Judah, okay? So of the 12 tribes, there's only one of those 12 that Messiah comes through. Back in Genesis chapter 49, again, that scepter, that scepter that identifies the ruler, that scepter that was a mark for the ruler or as as a monarch, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until Shiloh comes, until that one who has the authority and the power, till he comes. And again, Shiloh, it, it is a, 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 a use the word cryptic title for Messiah, but it is, a, again, another title. Shiloh, again, if you translate it, it means the one whose right it is. And so the one who is the rightful ruler, the one who is the rightful heir, the one who is God's anointed, none other than the Messiah. All of that is coming from the tribe of Judah. Again, God weaving his design and his purposes through, again, the tapestry of history and the lives of individuals and families. Again, bringing it right down, not in any random sort, but in a way that at the end of that, you see that perfect pattern that he has pulled together. And as we saw before, the Old Testament also promises, not only from Judah, but he was going to come as a descendant from King David, Samuel chapter, or 2 Samuel chapter 7. We're going to see one of the passages of very interest here. It's a, again, a, it's an interesting passage because it actually combines both present and immediate fulfillment in Solomon along with the future fulfillment in the Messiah. 2 Samuel chapter 7. These two are drawn together uh, in, in really what's not an uncommon factor or, or manner in the Old Testament. There are going to be prophecies that have a, a near or a close fulfillment, and then there's also a far or, or distant fulfillment. A near fulfillment, a far fulfillment, again, common in many prophecies. It's kind of the idea of a, a, a prophet looking out and he sees a, a close mountain. He makes that prophecy, but God has something even greater beyond that he may see, he may have some understanding, or he may not. His prophecy is going to be fulfilled soon, but God also has a greater fulfillment in the Messiah. We see that in many of the prophecies of the Messiah in the Old Testament. God speaks to David and he says to David, when your days are complete and you lie down with your fathers, I will rise, raise up your descendant after you and after you who will come forth from you and I will establish his kingdom. Now that could easily refer to Solomon because again, Solomon was a descendant of David whose kingdom was established. He became the true king after David. But it also, believe, refers to Messiah, that greater son of David, that future son of David, who also has been given a kingdom. But then it goes on to say, he shall build a house for my name. 
And now we know for sure that's, that's in reference to Solomon. Solomon was the one who built the temple. David wasn't allowed by God to build the temple because he was a man of blood. And even though it bothered David really greatly that he wasn't able to, to, to build that house, he lived in a palace of cedar and God was living in a tent in, in his mindset with the tabernacle. He wanted to build the temple, but again, God's direction was not for him to build it. Beyond that, however, just building, the word also, the Lord also tells to David, I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever, forever. That cannot refer to Solomon. Because you see, Solomon had a real problem. Right after he died, his kingdom blew up. And then very shortly after that, it completely dissolved. So we see and we understand. It could not be Solomon's. His entire kingdom, his entire empire, permanently divided. You also have the clear genealogy of the Lord, but in in the midst of that, we know that for Jesus, his kingdom will be established forever, forever. And so when the Lord is speaking to David, when the prophecy, when, when the word goes out, yes, it's a near fulfillment with Solomon, but a further and a greater fulfillment with Jesus himself. Well, in that genealogy that we have of Matthew, you know, we also have the genealogy in the gospel according to Luke. So why do we have two? Why do we have two genealogies? Especially when you start comparing them, you realize that they are similar in some ways, but then get very different very quickly. In both cases, though, we do have the line of Abraham through David, and then it goes down to Joseph in one case, but down to Mary in Luke's record. So both Joseph and Mary came from the seed of Abraham, from the offspring of Abraham, through the line of David, so that, again, our Lord inherits the physical royal blood of Mary, which we see in Luke's lineage, and he receives the legal royal right or the status from his earthly father, Joseph. So legally, he gets that. Not blood from Joseph, but again, being legally Joseph's son. That's why we have the two lineages. In Luke 1, verse 32, the angel tells Mary, he says, he will be great, he will be called the son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him what? the throne of his father, David. Again, coming down through both lines, both Mary's and Joseph's, he will receive the throne of his father, David. Certainly, he was born in the line of David, unmistakably. And that's why both genealogies are given to us there in the New Testament, just to verify that on both sides. It's also why when it came to the census that's spoken of in Luke, that again, they had to leave from Nazareth and come down to Bethany because both of them were of the line or the lineage of David. So they had to come down to Bethlehem, the city of David, the house of bread. Bethlehem means the house of bread. Micah, again, we looked at this a moment ago. Micah spells it out. It's Bethlehem 
Ephrathah. There was actually two Bethlehems during that time frame. There was a Bethlehem up in the area of Galilee. Then there was the small, little, insignificant Bethlehem that was there just outside of Jerusalem. So again, when Micah declares that, he nails it. He brings pinpoint. No, it's Bethlehem Ephrathah, the small one, the insignificant one. Too little to be among the clans of Judah. So insignificant. Not having any kind of a prominent place. And Micah says that from you, one will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel. His goings forth are from long ago and from days of eternity. The eternal one born in Bethlehem. Look with me if you would in Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. Just look at the words there. After Jesus was born, where? In Bethlehem of Judea, the days of Herod the king. Behold, the Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem. And they were saying, where is he who is born king of the Jews? You see, they understood there was a prophetic fulfillment happening before them right then. We've seen a star in the east. We've come to worship him. But when Herod the king heard it, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And gathering together all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he began to inquire of them where the Christ was to be born. And even his chief priests and his scribes came to the understanding he's to be born in Bethlehem of Judea. Good, they knew their Old Testament. They knew Micah chapter 5, verse 2. He's going to be born in Bethlehem of Judea. For so it has been written by the prophet. And all the priests and the scribes knew that. For so it has been written. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, or by no means least among the rulers of leaders of Judah, for out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. It's interesting, the Old Testament even alludes to the fact that our Lord was also going to come out of Egypt. Hosea chapter 11, verse 1, speaks about the fact that when Israel was a youth, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. Out of Egypt I called my son. Not just the nation coming out of bondage of Pharaoh. What else is going on here? We find out in Matthew that, again, after the, the wise men or the magi had departed, again, all, all the events that were going on and Herod knowing that, again, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, Arise, take the child and his mother, flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. And he arose and took the child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt and was there until the death of Herod, that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled out of Egypt, did I call my son. God working things that we, there's no way in the world we could have planned even the very beginning of the birth of Christ and get all the points right. But God, again, through his infinite wisdom and through his direction, through the prophecies, he already had it all planned. Leading really to that convincing conclusion that the inspiration and the the direction for all of the writers of the Old Testament is none other than God himself. These guys aren't just writing on their own. They're not just thinking up things and, and writing them down. No, God is the one not only leading and directing them, but God is ordaining the very future. And Bible scholars tell us that at his first advent, Jesus fulfilled no less than 108 biblical prophecies. So what are the odds? What are the odds that you can trust your life to someone who's so trustworthy? What are the odds that 
His plan for you is actually the best plan. And how often we fight against Him, amen? What are the odds that in the greatness of His love, His power, and His authority, that He's working all things together for good? Christmas time has arrived again, and with it, the typical carols, decorations, and events of the season. We're so glad that today you've taken the time to study God's Word with us and rejoice in the true reason for the season, Jesus Christ. How can we be praying for you during Christmas? We'd love to know, as well as how we can be joining you in praise for all God's doing. Would you give us a call? We can be reached at 520-836-9676. If you'd like to listen to more of Pastor David's teachings, You'll find them online at theopenword.com. We'd love to meet you, too. Come by Calvary Chapel Casa Grande this weekend to join us for worship and Bible study. Find out more when you call us. Again, that number is 520-836-9676. As our time comes to a close today, Pastor David has a quick word of encouragement to share with you. Thanks, Chris. Any time you spend in God's Word is valuable, and I'd like to encourage you to do it as often as possible. By diving deeper into Scripture and letting it saturate your heart and mind, you'll be ready to take on your day as well as be prepared when the enemy attacks. If you're not sure where to start, you can begin by reading today's passage again or simply begin with the Gospel of Mark, a short and simple reading. If your heart is open to the Holy Spirit's direction, you can't go wrong. Hey, thanks for tuning in today and I hope you'll join me again next time. Thanks, Pastor David, and thank you for tuning in to The Open Word. Merry Christmas.